welcome to the Parunity Podcast. Tonight, we have with us Elise Adams from the Bozeman Paranormal Society, based out of Bozeman, Montana. But before we bring Elise on, let's talk a little bit about Bozeman. Bozeman is the county seat in the county of Gallatin in the state of Montana, home of Montana State University and about 45,250 residents that live there. It was founded in August of 1864 by John Bozeman, who created the Bozeman Trail. This trail was an overland route connecting the Gold Rush territories of Montana to the Oregon Trail. And various segments of this trail still exist and are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Bozeman was settled deep in the heart of Crow Indian Territory, and travel along the trail to town was very perilous. So Fort Ellis was built in 1867 to protect the settlers after John Bozeman was murdered on the Yellowstone River near the mouth of Mission Creek. Parts of this fort can still be seen today at Fort Ellis Experimental Station of Montana State University. Bozeman is one of Montana's fastest growing cities as well, at a rate of about 3% annually, and is expected to become the third largest in the state by 2025. Bozeman has been featured on many TV and movies, including the different Star Trek TV shows, The Big Bang Theory, Grey's Anatomy, and the movie A River Runs Through It was also filmed here as well. In a town with this amount of history and turmoil, there's usually a good amount of haunted locations, and Bozeman is no exception. First, we have the John Bozeman Bistro. It was built in 1905. This building has an unseen entity that turns lights on and off, walks across freshly mopped floors, and moves cutlery around the restaurant. Next is the Chambers Fisher Building. Employees have seen misty apparitions float around the lower levels before evaporating up through the ceiling. Recently, they have had a disturbing apparition of an old man that appears behind people, glaring at them before vanishing. Then, the 1927 Gallatin Gateway Inn. This was a stopover for railway travelers back in the day and is now haunted by at least three apparitions. The first is that of a murdered female housekeeper and is seen standing behind and following guests. The next is a man who likes to turn the lights on and off and plays the piano. The last apparition is an unseen entity that brings an icy presence and is known to push guests and staff. The final place we'll mention is Montana State University. There are two well-known presences here. First is a theater director from the 70s that fell down a spiral staircase backstage and hit his head, causing him drastic mood swings. Unable to control these, the director killed himself with a pistol in the sound room. People get an uneasy feeling in his old office, and in the 80s, his apparition began to be seen around the theater. The other presence is said to haunt the student union. This is a female in 1930s garb that is said to have hung herself on campus. She has also been seen in the theater. And now, help me welcome to the Parunity Podcast, Elise Adams, for a first-hand look at some great haunted locations and some insight into the science of paranormal investigations that's used in Bozeman, Montana. Elise, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for being on the show. I have to tell you, um, we've talked a little bit before here, Montana literally is one of my favorite states I've ever been to, so I'm a little jealous of you. It's one of my, it's my favorite state too, (laughs) all the ghost towns and everything. Yeah, well, and it's just a pretty state to begin with. Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what got you interested in the paranormal? Um, Well, since I was a kid, I've always been interested. My dad served 20 plus years in the military, so we've always like moved around. I lived in Fort Benning, Georgia for um, for a pretty long time and um, had my first experience in Fort Benning uh, with my 
friend, um, Rebecca, at the time, both her parents served in the military, and we went in to her house one day, and they were both still at work, and we were just getting back from school, and all of a sudden, um, we heard, like, it sounded like their washer and dryer turning on by themselves, and this fort, you know, dates back to the Civil War, so... We, I thought that was kind of odd. And then one night I also slept over at their, her house and, and like, you know, did a little sleepover and we were walking around. It was still during the day. And, um, and I was looking at this picture of Mary and it looked like her eyes were dilating and changing color. Uh, and then ever since that, I was so fascinated by the paranormal. I ended up moving to Germany at one point and, you know, got to go to uh, a work a work camp, and I caught, like, a really cool picture there. Sometimes I share it on our Facebook page. And then um, and then after that, I had my dad, my parents were, you know, they knew I really enjoyed the paranormal, and they would always take me to these spooky spots and stuff like that. And then when I became, like, about when I was, like, 23, 24, um, I had a dream about my my group um bozeman paranormal was in my dream at the time i was just bozeman paranormal and um i ended up like that next day um i was like i really wanted to start a group and since then i we've been a group so um and that's pretty much what started the group and we've been together more like pretty much seven years. So pretty much seven years ago is when I really wanted the, you know, the, the dream and everything. So. Okay. And so that seven years, that's when you actually started investigating too, or. Yes. So yeah, we've been together for seven years. I, uh, we are also a nonprofit. So, um, and yeah. So, and then even the name and everything came in, in my dream and, going ghost hunting and after that our first investigation was at the copper king hotel and convention center in butte and i didn't even know we originally were trying to set up an investigation somewhere else and then this place came up and at that time i didn't even have very much equipment all i had was like a voice recorder a cheap like video camera and a cheap like digital camera and we ended up catching to to this day one of our best pieces of uh, evidence. And it looks like like a little girl going down the slide. Um, I share it every once in a while on our Facebook page. But then, so after that, we've been together for seven years. I've pretty much had a pretty successful group right now, and. We're kind of small right now. I'm allowed. I like having kind of a big group. Right now we have ten, um, but I usually can have up to like twenty. Sometimes I like having fifteen because I do do ghost tours, and it's nice to have, you know, actually members at my community events. And you know, when you're running a nonprofit, it's, it's a little bit better to have a bigger group than a small one. Sure. Well, I and mean, yeah, and especially with your ghost tours, it's going to help out a mm-hmm. lot. So you have yeah. enough people there to answer questions or talk about what's going on at a certain place. Yeah. So that's why I'd rather have my my favorite number is usually fifteen. So um, it really helps when you're doing. So yeah. 
Yeah, I am looking for members. <laughs> so so anybody <laughs> listening in the Montana area, make sure you get so, a hold of Elise. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about your team. I mean, we'll call it your dream team. Yeah. Well, um, I do have uh, you know, 10 members. Um, two of my members actually using the microphone right now is one of my, my tech guys. He's my tech manager. His name's Tim. Um and he also, he's just big into the tech thing. He always does, sets up my night vision cameras when he's able to come to investigations. Um, I only have two tech um, people, which is Tim and Joshua. And then, um, and then right now, you know, they, you know, I have a really great team right now. They all just pitch in as much as they can. Um, they, I have one guy that's setting up to maybe be my reach research guy. His name is Seth. You know, every time we do an investigation, even if it's a small one, he tries to do like research. Uh, I, you know, right now, um, even though we're small, we always kind of, you know, do they, it really helps. Like they, they're really great. I can't even express how awesome I, I feel so proud to have such an amazing group. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys stay pretty busy. So what would be your favorite place that you've investigated? So my favorite place I investigate, I have investigated was um, the uh, Bannock. So Bannock's my favorite place. We usually go there every year except for this year. Um, it's just because I feel like I'm at, it's like my second home feeling you know like i feel like the spirits welcome me there so um i mean it's it's just i love being there it's not like so chaotic like going to virginia city every time i go there even though it's so active it's like chaotic activity <laughs> so and compared to like bannock where i feel like the spirits know that they're there but they just like live like they're still alive and, um, I've, you know, I don't always have experiences there every time I go there, but it's always like, you know, a peace feeling. Um, we actually got access to their, um, after hours last year. Um, and it was like the best time we all had experiences. It was worth every penny that we, we put towards this event. And we even invited, you know, community to come out and, pitch in the, you know, for the fee after our fee, we all had a great time. It was just like amazing. Uh, it, to me, it's not maybe not the most haunted place, but it's a kind of a home feeling kind of place. So, well, what, what, uh, what kind of stuff have you guys had happen there? Um, last year. So I'm in the church <laughs> and it was a little windy and, we decided to kind of start our investigation like at six because after hours really started at like 9 PM and we were supposed to be there until 11. Um, and we're sitting in the church and it was a little windy and I'm asking if Henry Plummer is, um, there, I guess. So he used to be the sheriff slash a vigilante and Bannock. He also worked with the vigilantes, um, in Virginia city and, he ended up, there's like a conspiracy where they're not sure if he was like innocent or not. Um, and he ended up getting hung in uh, Bannock. 
um, because of, you know, kind of corresponding with the vigilantes, I guess, in Virginia City. Um, so they say that he still haunts the uh, Bannock. Well, we're sitting in the, the church and I'm asking questions with uh, my favorite tool to use is usually a doubt the dowsing rods. They work with for me so well. I don't know why I can never explain it to people. But anyways, um, we're sitting there and it's just a little windy and I'm asking, so is Henry Plummer not allowed in the church? And whatever was in there was telling me no. And it sounded like something was like jiggling the the doorknobs, like trying to get in. And I asked this again later um, if Henry Plummer was here. And then it sounds like a boot hits the door. And everyone like just that was with me turns around and goes, "That was not the wind." And <laughs> like that was really intense. And then the rest of the night ended up being more intense. We went went to where they would call the crying baby room or house and it was like where they would put the quarantine people that had tuberculosis and um the spanish flu and stuff like that and mostly just the women and children and we're sitting there and i have this like i don't know if you know what it is because uh, you're a ghost hunter but like it's called the boo bear it has emf in it oh um, yeah and it asks questions we have the really expensive one and we were like, we might as well use it up here. I even left that camera in there and stuff, you know, afterwards. Um, I'm asking questions and it feels like something's br like breathily, like making like a breath sound in my ear. And immediately when I like felt that, my member Cindy um, felt like was hearing like somebody walking up the stairs and there was nobody like walking up the stairs. And she just felt like whatever was there did not want to come completely up. Like they were like, I was think that ghosts are like, dude, I feel like I'm invading somebody's privacy right now. And I do believe that like they kind of know, but they're not sure. So, sure. And, um, so that was that, that building, our favorite building, I think was the Mead hotels always been kind of a, a place for me, uh, because, I caught an EVP there of, it sounds like a little girl going, we're here. And then like a whisper that says forever. And um, so I always go back in there. There's apparently a little girl that drowned in the lake back in um, like when you come into the town, you see like a little, little handmade lake. Well, I guess she drowned in that lake. Her name is, they named her Dorothy, and I guess that's actually her name. And she usually presents to children with no eyes. Well, we're down. Well, we were like upstairs, and I swear I saw a shadow pan. It's dark at this point. And pan around the room. Cindy gets touched, like some like little girl kind of touch. And um, my member um, John. Um, caught on our thermal imaging camera, which he didn't save, <laughs> and um, of this like it looked like a little girl, 
like figure and i think he must have freaked him out who knows that's why (laughs) like trust me he did he didn't hear the end he still doesn't hear the end of not saving that picture (laughs) so it's like those guys that go fishing and they catch the big fish but they don't ever keep it or they don't take a picture so no one can believe them (laughs) yeah i'm like like i'm telling a story and it's like you like nobody could believe it 100 percent unless you have the picture so but that was pretty much like the highlight of that evening so um we also like when we were in the saloon john and i both had an experience because we had to we had to have a staff on hand but he was like trying to keep away from us so we wouldn't make noise which was very nice but we walk right into the saloon and we both hear like a man and woman talking cindy was like not even like a foot away from me and did not hear the people talking and we we're like looking at her like how can you not hear that and john and i were like how can you not hear that and nobody we both only heard it and that was it like we we're like okay well we disturbed something in the saloon so because it's like right when we walked in we just heard two people talking and that was it did it sound like they were just talking or did it sound yeah, like they were arguing I mean, like com- just talking like they were having a conversation and that was it Hmm. It was like maybe two, like one sentence, and that was it. Like, and then we're like, oh, mate, because I'm a debunker. So immediately I was like, maybe it was a staff. Like, so Cindy goes outside to go look for him, and he goes, no, I wasn't even near that building. So, because that's how my members are. They're like, immediately I'm like, hey, we should try to debunk this and then they'll leave and try to find the situation. I'm looking inside to see if there's any sound thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. You, so you tell us a little bit about Bannock. Why don't you tell us a little about Bozeman? Um, okay. You know, you said you've lived there for a little while now. What kind of, what kind of cool stuff are you guys finding around Bozeman? So my, honestly, my uh, favorite place in Bozeman is the Rialto Theater. Um, I even am allowed to take people on my, my tours that I will explain later um, in inside this building. It is actually, I have an article on the group um, recently about my top 10 list for, um, you know, most haunted places. And it's number two on the most haunted places in Montana. It is so active. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So um, I love it. The history is, um, I can tell you about it because it's on my, my tour. It was built in 1907. It was not uh, a, a theater, but of a post office slash general store. And then later on, it was built in like the 30s as um, a theater. Um, and then... Um, it's been going through a lot of different owners. It used to be owned by the National Guard at one point. They, they used it just as drill purposes. They took out the seats and left it as a theater and just used it as drill purposes. Later on, it tried to get materialized with the, being a theater, but the owners just kept failing. Until now, I am friends with the current owner. And, um, yeah, so the little bit of the hauntings of that place is... So 
when we first went in there was with older owners of the building that of course don't own anymore. And they let us in there cause they were having experiences, uh, shadow in the basement, just lots of different sounds, um, footsteps and, you know, just a lot of craziness. Well, we caught an evidence of a man named Pablo. Um, and it sounds like in the video clip, it sounds like a man going, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. Well, later on, we were walking. I was like with some friends and also members at the time. Um, and um, my member goes, oh, I wonder if this was who is haunting it. It's um, a star that says Pablo Elvira. Um, later on, we found out that he died in the early 2000s. He was an opera singer. Um, he was so well known in Bozeman. Every time I take people on tour, somebody knows him. So it was really crazy. And, but yeah, like um, later on, we ended up investigating again last year. Uh, we went in and did an investigation and he's definitely there. <laughs> so we decided to play music of Pablo. I invited a special guest at the time, um, Kathleen Johns, who's a, a a psychic and knew of Pablo, um, especially her husband who worked with him. And, um, we were asking questions and if right when we put on the music, it felt like something tugged my hair and touched her leg. And she definitely said to me that he is here. Like you can feel his presence and that he's very happy that you're playing his music and you know and everything i do believe her um and then later on we did catch evidence on the our ghost box that says pablo and we definitely know that he is there so that's also, really cool yeah they've also had sightings of a teenage boy in their like um storage room up in the bar which that's where i take people for my tours they've seen mists and hearing walking and just, you know, things, even recently they told me that things have been disappearing and reappearing. It's just the chairs will move on their own. Like the first week that they, they reopened um, was actually last year. Um, that, that first month that they were open, they had a show and this lady comes up to, to like the, the staff and goes, are you guys haunted? And then they were like, well, we don't know hundred <laughs> percent. And because I guess the chair moved on its own. Like it, like she went to the bathroom and came on back and it, she could see it move out of, you know, like where the table was and they still have activity every now and again, the director will like message me and say that we've had extra activity and stuff like that. Um, they've seen like, Oh, um, a man with boots walking around. It's just like so much, so much activity. We caught like so much like EVP sessions, especially at Pablo. So, um, they, they keep making jokes that they're going to make a drink after Pablo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's my most, um, active building and some history about it. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate you being able to tell us all the details on it. Yeah. I, it's a big project for me because I did um, a lot of research for the previous owner. So I have like 
a lot of like history for that building. Sure. Well, and it helps too that you guys are able to do it on your tour. So you definitely need to keep up on the information about the place. Yeah. So when you guys go out and do your investigations, what would you say is your favorite piece of equipment to use? Well, for me, (laughs) it's usually the, my dowsing rods, because I feel like I like the natural tool kind of thing. And it somehow works so well for me. It doesn't work for everybody. I, do, I can't explain it. I try to explain it to people. And it's just like, I just tell people, I'm sorry, it just works for, so well for me. I think a second piece of equipment that's more technology-based, I really love using the ghost box because I just feel like it's an easier way to communicate. I do really just like natural-based tools I feel like it's easier to manipulate like a dowsing rods or a pendulum. Pendulums don't work for me very well, but um, yeah, the do- the dowsing rods don't work for me. I've yeah, I've had a set a- for years and I've never got them to work. Yeah, and even Tim can't get them to work. Nobody else, not very many of my members can get them to work. Actually, Joshua can get them to work. I can't get. I am like they just work on like on cue for me. I don't know why. I do pass them around to, you know, during my tours because some people, they do work for them like instantly, but I feel like maybe it's an energy thing. I, I don't know. So, but those are, those, those two are my favorite tools to use is usually dowsing rods or using the ghost box because I do love, feel like, you know, spirits do talk through that and it's easier for them to communicate. You know, my favorite phrase is that they use from the ghost box is usually hello. So many times you'll hear the spirit saying hello. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and pay I, attention you know, to me. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Why, I can, why can't you see me? And usually um, to like everything that's involving light. I also have heard God several times especially during our ghost tours, which makes me feel a little uneasy. Um, And help me, which is usually I'm trying to get the past on. Hello. And um, can you see me? See me. Um, And, you know, where are you? I've recently, like, been having spirits tell me, where are you? Well, I'm right here. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) So, yeah, that's, you know, I've noticed that there's like a list of like, you know, specific answers from a ghost box that you'll hear. Sure. Um, Now, I I have to stop you for a second. You you said you said you heard God. Yeah, so many times God. (laughs) So, like, they'll ask where God is or like God, just the word God sometimes. Oh, okay. I thought Um, you were meaning that you like asked who it was and that's who they said they were. And it's like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, Hey, usually I'll ask like an EVP question of, if you want us to tell us, tell us something, this is your chance now. And then I'll set up like what they call, I call silent session. So then this is your time to just tell me whatever you want. You can ask me a question on the ghost box you know, stuff like that. And usually immediately after I ask that question, they go, I usually get like the list of what I just, I, yeah. So, uh, which is one of the phrases is God, which I always think they're just looking to be passed on to wherever 
they want to go. So sure, like but, they're like they're asking you to kind of point the path for them. Yeah, but I can't always do that. So I do have resources for that if they need help. Sure. So, well, do you have any kind of tips or tricks that you think will help people get better responses? You know, silent sessions, like instead of asking so many like questions, like I always think spirits are probably like thinking we're insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, every time we ask like the same question, I think that's just even brought up yesterday. Like, man, we sure ask the same questions over and over again. Like just asking, if you keep asking the same questions, I feel like you're not going to get a response all the time. I always feel like you're just setting up and going, okay, this is your chance to ask us something. Or do you want to tell us something? Like even maybe they want to tell us a date or something. You know, this is your chance to you know tell us what you want us to ask you or, you know, tell us a story or something like that. And then I'll just go completely silent for literally 30 minutes to an hour and just listen to the area. And I always feel like that's a tip. Like just sometimes just listening, the spirit will tell you yeah. what, what it wants to say. So, yep, exactly. And, yeah. and I've talked about that with other guests on the show too. It's, it's, you know, it's good to ask questions, but sometimes you just talk too much and they don't respond because they can't get a word in. Yep. And I always feel like sometimes just sitting and listening and having maybe the ghost box going, or just maybe asking the spirit to take your energy to talk to you through, you know, onto your voice recorder or even making it audible now, you know, to real time. So, and some, I've got my best evidence just being quiet. Sure. So, yeah. Well, I have to ask you about your dousing rods. So do you have them kind of point out places to go to see if you found activity or do you do like direct response things where you say, Hey, can you cross these or uncross these? Yeah. You know, so I do both. Like, so yesterday I asked, so there is a spirit in that building at Chico. Um, but, um, like I will ask, you know, of course, to cross them for yes and open for no. But I'll ask them to point to themselves because sometimes they'll move. They'll move around. Like yesterday, I felt like the spirit was just getting too crowded. So it moved to the bathroom. And we're like, oh, are you hiding? And it said, yes. And we're like, can you point to yourself? And it's like really like in the corner of this like bath, large bathroom. And, um, yeah, so I always, you know, do the kind of like, you know, point where you are kind of thing. But the weirdest thing is we asked this time, can you point to something that you want us to go to? And it totally did that. Um, and this is like the best part of, I guess, this evening was we went to this painting that was painted of like an old barn looking kind of rustic house or, you know, countryside. And we asked the spirit of Chico if this is their childhood home and it said yes and, and we asked if is this why you're stuck here and you can't go home as you know maybe it's gone and it, it really responded you know yes or no and we feel like maybe the spirit just can't move on it wants 
it's stuck there. It's because now, it can't completely go on. Now, so. do you think it's a home, or do you think maybe it was a very sick person and it and it was in that hospital for so long that it felt like a home? Because like we were talking about, Chico Hot Springs used to be a, a, a hospital before it became the kind of the resort thing that it is now. Yeah, like now, so Chico, of course, used to be a hospital. So the owner of the hospital, his name is Percy, and she ended up going insane and spending the last five years, like the rest of her life pretty much, in this asylum. And um, they say that Percy still haunts the building. Um, we're, of course, not under recentive, but that's who, because spirits are good at lying to you. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they are. We can't 100% be sure if we're talking to Percy. So, um, and so we asked if this was your mother and father's home, and it said yes. So... We don't know. Maybe that's Percy talking to us. Or it could be a hospital patient trying to get home. And that was just their, like maybe a picture that they had in their their patient room. And then all of a sudden, you know, the resort found it and decided to put it, you know, up as part sure. of like, you know, you know, we can't be 100 percent. I know a lot of those those pictures in there were not like. You know, they, like, found them, and you can tell that they just, you know, put them up. They either bought them somewhere or they just, like, put them up. They were just, like, there was articles about Chico. There was weird all, old paintings all over the place. There was um, people that looked like they, they either visited there or they worked there. There was the original painting of the owner. So, yeah. Um, but who knows? It could be Percy. It could be a hotel, like, somebody that stayed there and died in the building or it could be somebody from the hospital. So that's something that you have to go back several times to get complete answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. hopefully when you guys are reviewing your evidence from it, you can, maybe there'll be some answers in, in inside there. So I'm hoping. Yeah. And I mean, I know you guys are real busy. You guys do do a lot of investigations like, like we were just talking about, you know, you had your one yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. But we talked earlier in the episode, uh, public events-wise, you guys do a lot of uh, ghost walking tours, and you also do a lot of ghost town tours as well. Yes. Um, and I also take next to now thinking of it, so I do do ghost walking tours of Bozeman. We usually, this year we started them a little early to see if we can get people in. Of course, around this time of the year, it's hard to do ghost tours because... It's either raining, and we sometimes just get snow at random times of the year. No, say it isn't so. so. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but um, usually we start um, in the summer. This is our first year to try in springtime, but usually we do summer to fall, and we end, like, at the first week of November. And, um, and then we don't do – we just, you know – ask if you want to do a private tour during the winter when it's not like super horrible, uh, we, we could do it. Um, but we also take people, um, to ghost towns. Like this year we have, um, Elkhorn and Garnet set up and, um, but yeah, we also do, uh, cemetery tours. 
um, of other different cemeteries um, during the summer, especially. And then we also do two cemetery tours in the evening. I get access to the cemetery here in Bozeman to take people in there in the evening. And, um, yeah, so usually we get, you know, access to do an investigation in the evening in the fall. And then, um, but yeah, I do a lot of community events. I next to, I might as well just list off all the community events. I also do talk and trivias, um, at our local tea house and also at one of the libraries here in um, town. And then I also do events in Butte, Montana. Um, I am doing, I am uh, business partners with the world museum of mining and I do take people down to the mines in August. Um, and then I also do two events at this beautiful mansion called the Clark Chateau. And um, we do that in the summer and the fall. And then that also, yeah. So that's a fundraiser because we're both nonprofits. So, um, but yeah, that, I do a lot. I'm like always like super busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I always thought would be fun? Um, going into like some of those old uh, gold mining town cemeteries, you know, like Jardine or something like that. You know, seeing those, you know, they've been around forever. They were, you know, they hit their stride during the gold rush. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to be able to, like, do, like, some audio sessions in one of those old mining cemeteries. Actually, one of my members brought up at her last meeting she really wants to go to Jardine. So that might be a, a fall investigation the group just does together. So... Um, and I usually do live feeds, so if we get service over there, <laughs> we're up to where the surface is. Yeah, good luck um, with that. I've yeah, I've been so. to Jardine many times, and I, it's crazy that we that they you said that the same town name that I did. But um, yeah, every time I've been to Jardine, there's there's no cell phone reception anywhere. Yeah, so and the same with like Virginia City. Sometimes you'll like be walking around. And then there's like some service and then some parts of there's no service and there's no service out in Bannock and there's no service out in Garnet. So it's more like I try to get people and I like the same thing like this. If I'm set up Jardine, I would invite you know, the community to make a day, you know, a trip up to Jardine with us. So usually I'm big on to the trying to get people to come and do what, what our phrase is and, there's a sticker here in Bozeman that's called, or Montana in general, says get lost in Montana. So I really try to get people to enjoy Montana because it is so beautiful and there's so many fun things to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you could spend hours just in Livingston. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I work in Livingston. I do a lot of ghost-related things in Livingston as well. So I'm business partners with the Livingston Depot. <laughs> oh yeah so, <laughs> a beautiful building it is it really is um but yeah i encourage anybody if you ever get out to montana to stop in a lot of these towns and just take a look around and i mean e even if you never thought about it you know it's definitely a good place to go to take a vacation yeah i even have like a little ghost town book I, every time every year we pick out like one like you know, ghost town that we haven't been to. We really haven't been to Garnet. So, and then like last year we found like these small little ghost towns that might even have just like one building left. And 
we just would just make like a little trip out there. Last year, we even went up to what they called the Boulder Tunnel. Um, and there's something in that Boulder Tunnel that's on a ghost. Um, and that place was super active. And um, I want to go up there again sometime. It would be awesome. It's a rough road. It's pretty much, I drive a Jeep. So it's pretty much just meant for people that have four-wheel drive vehicles. So, Well, no okay. offense. If you, if you live in Montana, you should probably have four-wheel drive anyways, yeah. considering their winter starts in September and runs until whenever it decides to not be winter yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, we, have, we have some kind of snowstorm during this week at some point. So, but yeah, that's, that's just how we are. We love doing the motto of Montana, which is get lost in Montana. <laughs> it's a good motto to live by out there. Yeah. Well, Elise, I, we're reaching the end of our time. Um, do you have all of your walking tours and your ghost town tours posted up on your website and your Facebook? Yes, I do. Okay. We'll make sure to add links to, for all of that to our show notes. And I appreciate you taking the time with us today. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, you have yourself a good night. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Elise Adams with Bozeman Paranormal Society for being our guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Please take a minute to give us a review on iTunes or whatever directory you listen to us on. It means a lot to us, and we want to hear your feedback to help make our show just a little bit better. My name is Brandon, and you've been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together. Parity Unity Podcast.